How's it going, everybody? Tom Quiet here from Live and Amplified. I just wanted to jump on here before we get to the show. Um, this episode and the next several, I'd say about 19, um, are going to be a little bit different. They're essentially going to be re-uploads in a manner of speaking. Um, so a little over, a little under two years ago, so beginning of last year, we did a series called the Jam Session Podcast with featured musicians uh, playing and performing original songs. But then we also had a secondary interview with musicians that we had never heard of or never had any prior engagements. And then as the series kind of went along, they became fan-nominated. And since those shows never really got much traction, I thought it might be kind of cool as a treat for the end of the year to re-upload some of those uh, podcasts, or all those podcasts, the uh, just the uh, fan-nominated ones. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do here. I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up if they sound a little out of date or talking about something that isn't a thing anymore or is really old, that's kind of why. But just wanted to jump on here and let you know what was going on. Thanks. Enjoy the show. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, we are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. What got you into music? Uh, there could be so many answers to that question. Um, I mean, I, I got bored a lot as a kid, you know, I was, I was born in the nineties. So, uh, that was sort of like pre-internet era. Uh Uh, (laughs) And I lived in a pretty rural area as well. So, um, there wasn't much to do. So I, uh, I guess I've always been sort of that kind of kid that needs that sort of stimulation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it was the biggest turning point for me uh, was needing to find a form of expression that really made me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of just family issues arose when I was about eight, nine and then they really manifested when I was about 12 and I had a very big life change uh, that just solidified my position in life, really, um, growing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad used to collect just a lot of things. He really, really liked having stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he collected, you know, expensive uh, alcohol and then it moved on to like really nice instruments, but he never played any of them and he never really drank any of them. That was just for display. And I remember going into his cupboard one time when I was younger and there was just all of these instruments. There was a bugle, a mandolin, an acoustic guitar, like a nylon uh, Mexican style, like flamenco style guitar. And um, I think like a little like a 10 drum kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to play all of them. I just, even before I found instruments, I was, you know, playing on pots and pans and that developed into 
songwriting because I was always into poetry. So yeah, it sort of developed from that, that point forward. And also when I was 12, that's when I first discovered beatboxing. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, and, before, before you jumped on here, I was just typed your name into Google and that was one of the first things that came up was the, oh, really? uh, the Australia, uh, was it the Australian national championship? Beep, uh, oh, wow. Oh. Uh, yeah. Beatbox Australia, Sydney yeah. Royale. So what got you into beatboxing? Uh, funnily enough, one of, one of, uh, your natives in America, actually, uh, Razel. Okay. Um, yeah, he's also known as the godfather of noise, and he brought uh, beatboxing from the underground to the mainstream. Uh, and he he did a lot of like Wu Tang sort of covers, and um, I believe he may have even uh, been like a personal beatboxer for them at some point when they do ciphers and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and he he came to a festival in Australia called Splendor in the Grass. And um, my cousin came back with a CD of, of his beatboxing and she was like, listen to this. And she yeah. put it on and I just, I was just blown away because all of it was of course vocal. And I was like, man, I just, it wasn't even just a decision to learn it. It was just as if I absorbed that and just was compelled to repeat, you know, and, mm. and, and try it out, so. Yeah, that's definitely what got me into beatboxing. But then what continued it was, of course, just finding myself in it a lot more. And it was such a niche thing to do. It was unique. And not many females were doing it, let alone 12-year-olds. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, uh, I just started getting known for that. And it just encouraged me to do it more. And how, how do you incorporate the beatboxing into your performance is that something you do regularly or is it how do, how do you kind of incorporate your music and the beatboxing I guess is the okay um it's it's something that I've uh, I've done for a few years now uh I sort of evolved from just beatboxing to then you know singing and songwriting and rapping to then just being like I wonder because I always I love a challenge so I just was like I wonder if I can do this all at the same time yeah. And uh, so I would try and beatbox and play guitar at the same time and then just figure out, you know, what intervals I can sing in between then. And then uh, the gift of a loop station entered my knowledge. I was just like, oh my gosh, this thing's called loop stations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in, in high school, I had this music teacher who um, was really interested in, in what I was doing. And he was like, oh, have you heard of a loop station? I said, no. And he brought one in and his was specifically for guitar, but we found out we could feed um, a, a mic into it and, uh, and give that a shot. But it still wasn't um, very liberating vocally because it wasn't specific for, you know, a, a, you know, a beatboxer per se. Mm. Um, so around that time, I was working kind of quite a few jobs and I just wanted everything to pour into my career as a creative mm -hmm. and um i saved up enough to get quite a bit of equipment and one piece of that equipment was the boss rc30 mm -hmm. i think okay yeah the rc30 which is the same one ed sheeran uses and um around that time he was 
you know, becoming mainstream mm -hmm. and a lot of videos were surfacing of him using it for the same thing that I wanted to use it for. So it really encouraged me, but you know, my style doesn't lend to the same uh, style that he has, obviously. So I just kind of tried to put my own flair onto it, but that's, that's where it started happening uh, around high school. Definitely. Um, where do you draw inspiration from for your music? Oh man, everywhere and everything. So, uh, when, when I was younger, like very, very young, um, my cousins, I had a lot of older cousins, um, that wanted to drive everywhere. They loved having, like, they had really good sound systems that were just ridiculous. Like the type of subwoofers that would, the bass would shake mm -hmm. your, uh, license plate off, yeah. your number plate off. So, um, yeah, that, and like, I got influenced by a lot of the music that they were listening to. You're based in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, what's kind of the independent music scene like there for the people that aren't from Australia? Uh, I mean, it's like a, it's like a good, it's, 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 it's like a good and a, and a so, so, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, and I could, I could be totally wrong, but, you know, from the public eye, anywhere around the globe, when you see people in America, for example, mm -hmm. it almost just seems like it's so much more possible for things to happen for you and for your dreams to, to have a chance at least over mm -hmm. there. Um, because everyone, I mean, your population obviously is bigger. Your country's been around for longer. Like your, your nation's been around for longer. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you guys have like just such community over there, especially creatively. And that's not to say Australia doesn't. Australia has a fantastic community of creatives. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that sometimes there can be this tall puppy syndrome. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. So tall puppy syndrome is basically like you let the puppy, the puppy plant grow, the flower mm. grow really, really tall. And then when they get to the peak height, you cut them. And sometimes Australia had this mentality of supporting the underdog until they make it. And when they make it, it's, it's, you life alone or you just, for some reason, people don't really support them anymore, I guess. It might, might be a jealousy thing. It might just be um, a society thing. And, and it's slowly getting better. Like, it's, we're outgrowing that mentality. You know, I think that it's, it, it all depends on where, you, where you're from. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I moved to Sydney because my town was not going to be able to provide the same opportunities that I get here in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And I even need to live in the city to be able to partake in those opportunities or create my own opportunities. And, um, this city is alive with people who are very like-minded and so supportive as a community in that sense. Um, Western Sydney in terms of the hip hop and R and B scene has been going crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my gosh. Like the, the amount of talent that has just suddenly come out of nowhere, you know, from there, like, We've got A Girl, we've got Elijah Yo, we've got Biggs, you know, we've got um, Carmel, Clarissa Buck, like all of those people I've 
had the honor of either meeting or being friends with or seeing them just being in the same performance space as them. And they're all making big names for themselves and doing fantastic things um, and touring and everything. Like it, West Sydney is, is going crazy at the moment. And it's just their community is fantastic out there because they all know that they're coming from, you know, the ground up and mm -hmm. a lot of them have been in the thick of things together. And, and, you know, that's, that's big community vibe over there. But, um, I don't know. The indie music scene here tends to suffer sometimes though, not through a lack of hustle or ambition or talent or anything like that, or, or support from the communities themselves. Um, the oppression comes from the fact that our government and our, uh, you know, well, I'm just going to say our government doesn't necessarily support the arts as much as it used to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of our investments go towards just political things that shouldn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I but they shouldn't matter as much. I think people forget how much the creative industry actually feeds into the gross domestic product and the economy of a country. Like you think about how many people want to go to America or Japan or, you know, any other place around the world that has a booming creative central hub because they want to feel connected to that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's not celebrity. They just want to feel connected to, um, where the, where that creativity started there's something in the water you know what mm. i mean yep yep i understand completely yeah uh, and though australia is a beautiful country it's stunning and the landscapes and 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 the, and the people can be wonderful here mm. um you know it tends to suffer a bit because people don't the government and you know a lot of people who support uh the, the more <laughs> gray side or bland side of politics don't mm -hmm. really see the importance of creativity. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but to speak on the Sydney community, the way I was introduced to you was I was on the Sydney music group, Facebook group page, whatever it's called. Um, mm -hmm. And I saw the ad for the, Bash for the Bush, that was the name of the event you played this oh, past week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you get, obviously it was a fundraising effort for all the um, wildfires that are current, are they're still going on or uh, that are going? <laughs> yeah, um, so quite a few fires have been raging across the, the, the country. It's been insane and ridiculous and horrible. Mm. Um, and I'm not even directly affected. I mean, my area like gets blanketed in smoke and mm. it's not breathing conditions at all yeah. because the, the fire's like from, you know, two hours away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, <laughs> a big natural disaster just got flooded out by, um, another natural disaster. So we had this um, cyclone just a couple of days ago mm -hmm. and all this rain just started causing all this flash flooding. And while we celebrate that the bushfires are out and dams are filling up, more homes are being destroyed and more roads are being destroyed just because the, the rains have, have just decided to open up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
but uh, the way that I got um, into the fundraiser was funnily enough, uh, the internet is a, is a wonderful place sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I got sourced on, on the internet uh, for that bushfire. So I actually didn't know the event organizer until I had turned up and we met at the event itself, but we chatted online for a bit and she told me um, what it was. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah. And at that point I'd already done um, another fundraiser for the bushfires as well. So I was like, yeah, all the help that I can give, I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, I went in with that because she, she contacted me, I think via my social media platform, my, my page, my, my Bernie Van Til page. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just spoke from there and that's, that's how I got onto it. Awesome. Cause I remember when I first went on your page, I saw the uh, pilot for the uh, the mother load that's oh, in, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason I was watching it and I thought it was like the build up to a music video or something until I clicked <laughs> on the the uh, the page for the mother load and I was like oh this is a series that's cool and then I went down and I kind of saw some of your, the older stuff you had done and I kind of delved deeper into your music and um, found out that you just or through talking to you and seeing what you'd released, uh, you just released and you said it was an unofficial single on uh, SoundCloud, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was kind of the process when wanting to release X? I know you said it's like the first step in several things you want to accomplish this year. Absolutely. What's kind of, what was the kind of the thought behind releasing that and where do you see yourself going? the rest of the year? Uh, So that's a wonderful question. It makes me very excited, actually. Um, So you're right in in it being an unofficial single. Um, I call it unofficial because it's, I'm not signed to any label. Um, I freelance all of my music. Mm -hmm. Um, I have an agent for my acting, but you know, they're they're specific towards just acting, which is great because it's nice to just sort of separate those things. Yeah. and I produced it myself, I wrote it myself. Um, and the, the, the thought that I just had was, I got a little bit stuck in the funk, you know, of feeling like I needed all my stuff to be perfect. I felt like everything needed to be up to an industry standard. And that's mm-hmm. in my quotation marks, industry yeah. standard, because what does that even fucking mean anymore, right? Yeah, yep, you're um, right. <laughs> But yeah, and I just, and I have a lot of friends that are really, really doing well for themselves and they all had a plan and they had like management team and marketing team and promo. And I was like, damn. And I started getting into my comparison bubble because mm. everything I've ever done in my life, you know, I've, I've done it just from, from myself you know, and I've had people help me along the way in terms of like, you know, fantastic producers down at Vienna people, like they've helped me out quite a bit, even just in terms of advice and, you know, a few friends here and there just being like, yo, this gig is right up your alley. You know, like the small things really, really matter to me. Um, but yeah, the, the thought that just really triggered that was, I was like, you know what, I'm tired of comparing myself. I'm tired of thinking that something, needs to be perfect because I don't even know what perfect means anymore. Mm. I'm 
tired of thinking that I need to pay for advertisement and that I need to do this, do that. I actually just need to work harder. I actually mm -hmm. just need to stop caring. Yep. And I need to not care whether or not this becomes successful or I become successful because my my definition of success should only be happiness. Yep, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's a thought process that I've had for a while but never acted on. And I felt like I wasn't being true to myself and true to my art. So when I released Doubt Me on SoundCloud, I was just like, look, guys, this is my first statement of 2020. This is me saying I don't care. And anyone else who thinks that, you know, I need to be up to some sort of industry standard, like I need to be a product to sell my stuff and to sell my music, I think you're wrong. Um, I really look up to people like Chance the Rapper. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he still gives out music for free. Yep. You know, and he just makes money off of his merch and, and so many other business avenues. And he knows his boundaries and he's not signed and he's still, quote unquote, made it. Yep. And he's not restricted by a label to, so he can go collaborate with whoever he wants. And I mean, that is like the ultimate artist freedom, is it not? Like to be yep. able to just be like, you here now, studio, we are going to do a song together. Like that, that, you're free of politics then, yep. you know? Yep. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, that was really inspiring to me. And I, and then, like, I love Wu-Tang Clan. I love, um, like, just everyone from, from back in the day, like, that just, especially in the hip-hop movement, mm -hmm. you know, coming out of, especially coming out of, you know, the 70s and 80s and then into the, the 90s. Like, yeah. hip-hop music is the definition of, of hustle. You... Mm -hmm. Like they didn't have, a lot of them didn't have instruments, so they relied on samples. So they recycled other music and then they had something to say. They were journalists and they were just talking about the things that they were witnessing day in and day out and the things that they wanted to change or the things that they wanted for themselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it may be explicit content, but it's just the narrator's uh, response to the environment around them. Yeah. And that really inspired me because it showed me that innovation is key you can have zero you could have nada you know and as long as you've got a voice you're fine you're gonna mm -hmm. find a way to get it out there and i have no excuse now because the internet is here <laughs> the, yep. so i i can you know iphones are a thing yep. um everyone has a camera on their phone everyone has some sort of technology that helps them progress forward and i don't need to be you know, given a grant from a label to to make something that looks like or sounds like it's on a big budget. That's mm -hmm. that depends on how much you believe in your in your dream. Yep, because it's not it's not so much about the quality of the content of yep. of the like the sound the quality of the sound. It's more about the quality of what it means to you or the authenticity. That that's mm -hmm. the better. Exactly. So, and I agree with that hundred percent. I would rather be an artist who is true to themselves and their stuff just sounds like shit than be, mm -hmm. um, you know, someone who has really hot sounding stuff, but no one relates to it. Yep. Because I, I truly believe that people can connect to you if you're being a hundred percent authentic and being truly you like say, let's, yeah you record a song and it's in your mother's bathroom on a cell phone. Mm. 
you know, and it may not sound the greatest, but if it's a hundred percent authentic to you, people will gravitate towards it. Totally. And that's what happened when I started posting my videos online. And like when I was first starting out, you know what I mean? Um, fresh out of high school, had a lot to say, had a lot of people who wanted me to say stuff for them because they just didn't feel like they could say it. So I, that's what I did. I stopped, I didn't care. And I just wanted to go back to that. I wanted to go back to not caring and just doing it because I love it. And I just wanted to. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you keep, uh, you brought up, uh, Wu-Tang Clan a couple of times and it's yeah. <laughs> kind of funny to me because I was at, uh, before I moved out, I moved, I moved out here to Texas about four months ago. And before that I was living down, down or not down out East near my parents. And I went to a, a thrift, uh, a secondhand shop and yeah. found an original pressing of 36 chambers and bought it no like, way. like the original vinyl. And like, I'd only ever heard them or heard Wu-Tang Clan on CD or the radio or like yeah. online and whatnot. And just listening to it on vinyl, it's so much better. Like it oh. sounds crazy, but like the vinyl is, there is a distinct difference. Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I, I just had to bring that up because you've meant you've mentioned them a couple different times. So it's like, okay, she'll appreciate you'll appreciate this. Yeah, totally. I mean, they they are a huge influence in the in the sense that like um they broke a lot of boundaries for hip hop. Um like similar similar to what Missy Elliott and Timbaland did as well mm -hmm. for hip hop and R and B. Like they just Missy, like Miss, if you want to ask me, like who I think an icon is, or who I think is such a huge influence in my life, I have to say, Missy Elliott is definitely top of that list. Like as an MC, as a creative, as a dancer, as someone who does um, her music videos are so wacky. Like mm -hmm. she, she, she is the definition of unlimited when it comes to your imagination, and. Um, I think Timberland is a mad inspiration for me um, in in the production element because he makes everything from scratch. I remember um, <laughs> I used to have MySpace. You remember MySpace? Yep, I remember MySpace. <laughs> so I used to have MySpace, and I remember there's that section of like it has those questions. It's like tell us a bit about yourself, mm -hmm. and um, it's like, well, what's your dream or whatever. And I, I remember writing. Um, I want to meet Timberland one day so yeah. I can show him my beatbox and we can produce music together. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that's still, that's still definitely a top dream for sure. That's cool. That's awesome. It's, wow, I can't believe you brought back MySpace. That, actually, I, was, <laughs> I, I tried to log in like a few weeks ago because I had, got, I had gotten an email alert saying, hey, so-and-so added you on MySpace. And what? I was like, okay. And so I tried to log in. I couldn't even log in because my password was from like high school, which was 15 years ago. And it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. wow. So, it, yeah. Um, but... As we kind of wrap this up, because I don't want to keep you all afternoon, but um, 
what's what kind of advice do you have for younger musicians let's say specifically in australia that are trying to start actually we'll make it for all creatives so it's not necessarily musicians but like if they're an actor comedian whatever what advice do you have for them to kind of help them either get started or uh they if they hit like a lull in their career okay um Firstly, there's no excuse why you can't do it. You're living in a day and age where basically everything is possible. Um, Your only only limitation really is your imagination. And I think that that is cliche to say, but it's true. Um, I think that if you have some friends that are like-minded, make sure you, you know, get together with them so that, you can create that healthy competition. You guys want to um, one-up each other in, in like a really good way and work together to, you know, get towards a dream. Um, I would say believe in your content, especially when no one else does. So mm-hmm. stand by your product, stand by what you believe in. If you want to, I mean, look at all of the people who are iconic today. You look at Nirvana, you look at Queen, you mm-hmm. look at Missy, you look at, Eminem, like you look yeah. at anyone, Billie Eilish, all of them just have had something unique about their career that a lot of people maybe five years before them said it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you were to tell me um, that five years or no, 10 years ago that, um, that this young girl was going to come out and have this particular image and this particular sound and tell me her name was going to be Billie Eilish and that she was going to be one of the biggest pop stars on earth today, I would have been like, I don't know, man. I don't think that's what people are looking for. Don't believe in that, okay? So just, I honestly think that you got to believe in your product because when you believe in yourself and you believe in your product and what you're doing, people will jump onto that because no one's going to stand by someone who doesn't, doesn't believe in themselves and their own product. Um, and I would just say, keep at it. Even when you're in the funk, even when you're feeling down, it very well may be the thing that saves your life. So keep at it. Go, 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 go. You have no excuse to stop. Like, honestly, you can do it. That's all I got to say. Perfect. That's, and anybody out there listening, that's just kind of in that funk, just remember block the haters and just keep doing your thing. Like, 100%. There's no reason why you you should listen to anything 100%. negative. You um, don't. And I would say like the last thing as well. Um, anyone out there who thinks that they need the best products in the world to produce something fantastic, mm-hmm. that's 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 a fiction. You know, that's yep. not a fact. So you have if you have a camera phone or you have um, a laptop, or you just have just anything, like it, you can, you can create your own content no matter what. Like Tyler, the creator, and Odd Future did that. Um, there was a, a film that won an international um, award called Tangerine, and that was all filmed on iPhone. Actually, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and there was a, there was a guy who used to be a member of the internet, I think, and he makes beats for Kendrick Lamar and mm-hmm. J. Cole. And he does that all on GarageBand from his iPhone. 
Yeah. So there's no limitations at all. Because yeah. that's whenever, uh, every once in a while, I'll go back to the school that I uh, went to when I was a kid and I'll go speak to the film class because that's primarily what I grew up doing was doing like film and short films and parlayed that into the live and amplified thing. Um, and I, so I go and give speech, like the, the teacher that taught me is still there. And so I'll go and speak to his intro to film production class, whatever it's called. Um, and the first question I always ask is what's stopping you from going to make that, uh, that film that you ha or that make that film that you've always wanted to make. And the first yeah. response is always, Oh, I don't have a camera. And it's like, yes, you do. You have a cell phone. Like, yeah. I mean, the, you, you, there's nothing stopping you. And I'm so glad that you reiterated that fact. And I hope somebody hears it and yeah. takes it to heart. Like, I really appreciate that. Thank you. No, I appreciate you spreading that word to a, to a large audience. I think it's important. It's mm -hmm. really important because you, you can, that you should wake up every morning and ask yourself, what am I going to do to benefit my career today? Mm -hmm. And the second question should be the one that you ask you, you asked just then, which mm -hmm. is what is stopping me? Yep. Because nothing should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, one question I meant to ask earlier in the interview, what got you into acting? Ah, um, I always wanted to do acting and music t together, always. Mm -hmm. I still do. Um, yeah. My least favorite question is people asking me, which one do you think I'll end up doing or which one do I love more? That's like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that's like asking someone, which twin do you favor? They're yep. probably, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's no reason. There's no reason you can't do both. So it's exactly yeah. Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, does yep. it all. Yep. You know, must you know Jack of all trades, master of all of them. <laughs> yep. Um, so what got me into acting was uh, I I've always been an expressive human being. Always loved getting either a rise out of people or a reaction out of people, mm -hmm. or just making them laugh. And a lot of that came into my personality and how expressive I wanted to be. And I loved doing accents and stuff. Um, and so when the opportunity presented itself at school, anytime that I was able to do a play or to do an audition or do something, anything, I just wanted to do it. And theatrics made its way into, or narrative made its way into all of my music anyway. So it wasn't really anything I could escape. And luckily I loved it. So, um, yeah, that just, that's the one thing that got me into acting and I would watch shows and, and movies and just be like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this. Like a hundred percent, I will do this. So yeah, that's, that's, that's where my mind was at. Well, Bernie, I want to thank you so much for giving me this time to sit down and chat with you. Um, where, where can everybody find you on social media, whether it be for your uh, film stuff or your acting stuff that you're working on or your music? Uh, where can everybody find, find you on social media? Okay, cool. Well, um, first of all, thank you as well for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. 
Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, um, probably even YouTube. Like I got a lot of old videos out there as well. Um, my handle is all the same across all platforms. It's Bernie Van Teel. That's B-E-R-N-I-E Van, V-A-N, like tutu, and, and separate word, no hyphen, T-I-E-L. If you have trouble remembering it, just be like, Bernie's van is teal. So, Bernie van. And I I just got one last thing to say. Um, When I was looking through your Facebook page, I really enjoyed some of the older stuff. Uh, It was like you on guitar doing like just some solo. It wasn't solo acoustic because I believe you were playing an electric guitar, but that was some really impressive stuff as well. So, aside from the beatboxing and the rapping, that... The uh, that stuff was really really good as well. Thank you very much. And um, if anyone want anyone wants to catch me live, um, be sure to follow my my um, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud, okay. and every all my socials. But I have a festival coming up called Torchfest. Okay. Um, it's in April. Mm-hmm. On April fourth, you'll find all the details um, either on my social media or on Listen Up, uh, Listen Up Music. Okay. Uh, and it's the first music festival that uh, addresses mental health issues in creatives. Um, so the festival will have a whole bunch of musicians and artists, but it'll mm-hmm. also have um, uh, mental health workshops, yoga workshops, stand-up, com- stand-up comedy, um, and, and so, so, so much more. And it's a massive festival here in Sydney. Mm. So make sure to come by. It's called Torchfest. Awesome. It's How did you get involved with the uh, festival before we wrap it up here? Uh, so there's a, I was playing a gig out in Parramatta, um, which is in West Sydney. And uh, I, I don't know. I just, um, I was doing my gig and you just never know who's in the crowd. But yeah this guy came up to me afterwards named Ali Taylor and he was just like, gave me his card and he was like, let me know if you've got another gig. I think you're fantastic. Um, get in contact. Uh, I run a thing called listen up music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about mental health in creativity. And, um, I think you'd be a great ambassador. Um, and while I haven't officially become an ambassador, I am working on, on, um, doing that. But, you know, they basically uh, create opportunities for musicians um, to be in a safe space to perform and give them gig opportunities and performance and recording opportunities and stuff. And um, he he was like, you should enter this songwriting competition. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And I don't know, I think they were just really happy with the work that I was putting out and the things that I was creating and... You know, we've just been in contact ever since, and they're a fantastic organization. I've never felt more welcome and with less than, like, so little strings attached to anything that they do. They just want you to perform and um, help you make money off it and be the best creative that you can be. Awesome. That's very admirable. And Mm. so, um, well... Once again, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for jumping on here. I know we had some technical issues, but we <laughs> we rode right through it. And um, I want to thank everybody for uh, taking a minute to listen to us. And uh, we will see you guys later. <laughs>